0: Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? we got one great, all right. The rest of you, I have no idea what that is. Uh, well, thanks for coming and joining us this morning. So glad you could be together, that we could be together as the family of God. Um, if you're watching online, thanks for tuning in. Um, we are in the middle of our series looking at the one another's in scripture. Uh, in the Bible where it tells us this is how we're supposed to interact with one another. Now, all of this, all of these one another's, they flow out of the greatest two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything that we're looking at over the next, I don't know, eight more weeks, nine more weeks, however many weeks we got out of this series, are gonna flow out of that, of what it means to love one another. Um, and we're looking at what it, what it looks like to have actually like flesh and bones to that. You know, the rubber hits the road when we're looking at these passages that we're looking at um, for the one another's. Now this morning we are in Romans chapter 15. I'd like to invite you to, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can go there, Romans chapter 15. We're going to be jumping around between chapter 14 and 15 a bunch so you can kind of just scroll up and down in between there. Before we get there, let's just take a moment and pray. Father, we, we thank you that we can come here, that we can lift your name high. We can praise you. You have made us to praise you, to glorify you. We thank you for that. We thank you for all those who are gathered here. God, I to pray your blessing over them, that your spirit would open our hearts and our minds, that you would draw us deeper into a relationship with you and with one another. pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Romans chapter 15, we're starting at verse seven. Verse seven is the verse that we are gonna be kind of looking at today, and it goes like this. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us for the glory of God. Accept one another. All right, that's it. Accept one another. (laughs) See you later. Uh, my job was so easy today. Nah, but you might be asking, but how? Why? Where? When? All those questions that we get from our kids. Well, this is where it gets exciting. Because this verse, Paul has just talked about some pretty hefty stuff in the the previous chapter. Chapter 14 is the famous or infamous, however you want to put it, um, chapter about the weaker brother that some of you may have read, maybe you have heard about it. I don't exactly like to call it the chapter about the weaker brother because I don't think that actually like gives us a good picture of what's happening there. I would much rather call it the chapter about the judgmental brothers or brothers and sisters because that's really what's going on in that chapter. I'll give you a little bit of a recap of what Paul was addressing. So there was two groups of people. I mean, Paul actually addresses a couple different issues. We'll look at three of those issues that he addresses today. But this is is the first one is there was people who believed that you should not eat meat that was sacrificed to an idol when they sold it in the meat market later. They're like, you shouldn't do that. Then there's the other people that were like, oh no, you you can, you you can totally eat meat, sacrifice an idol, it's fine, it's meat. And now these two parties weren't getting along so great because the people who thought, well, you shouldn't eat meat, they would look at the people that did and were like, you sinners, do you know what they're doing? You shouldn't do that. But then the people over here were like, we're so much better than you because we know what we can do. We can do this. So there was this judgmental attitude going between both of these parties. And so Paul addresses them in the previous chapter. He talks to them specifically. This is what he said, and I find this fascinating in Romans chapter 14, um, starting in verse five. He said, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. Whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. And it's for this very reason Christ died and was returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both living and the dead. So you then, why do you judge your brothers or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat. And then jumping down to verse 22 of chapter 14. So whatever you believe about these things, keep it between yourself and God. For blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not out of faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. (laughs) Now there's a statement with a bit of heft to it, hey? Everything that does not come from faith in our lives is sin. I mean, there's a whole sermon by itself, but perhaps at another time. That's why Paul says to these people, each one of them should be convinced in their own mind, whatever the Holy Spirit is convicting them of in that situation. So, the other situation that was going on at the time, he referenced it in that verse, was there were people that thought you had to worship on Saturday. For us, it, it's a Sunday. Anyways, there were people who thought you had to have, it was a certain day that you had to worship. And then there were other people who thought it doesn't matter what day you worship, you can worship God whenever. And so the same thing was going on between these two parties. There's one thinking they're better than the other one, one judging the other one because they're not doing what they should do. And Paul here says each one should be convinced in his own mind. And for whatever they do, they do it to the glory of God. I find that interesting. I think this is an example that kind of helps us get our minds around this a little bit more. Uh, It was 1924, and Eric Liddell was the heavy favorite to win the 100-meter race at the Olympics. Now, anybody heard of Eric Liddell before, maybe? Maybe not. Anybody heard of Chariots of Fire movie? Anybody heard that song? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's a great movie about, about his life, but there was a problem for Eric. As a believer, he was convicted that he shouldn't race on Sundays. And that was a problem because in the 1924 Olympics, the 100-meter race was on Sundays, or Sunday. So he had to make a choice. He was convicted, and for him, for the glory of God, what he decided to do is, I'll, was, I can't race on Sunday. That was his convictions, and he stood by it. So he withdrew from the 100-meter race, even though he was the heavy favorite, and he entered into the 400-meter, which he wasn't as, as good at. But I think that kind of helps us understand what we're talking about here, what Paul's talking about. Now, it's very interesting. Eric Liddell went on to win the 400-meter, and I think that was God honoring him. He actually won a whole ton of medals, ended up going to be a missionary in China. He died in an internment camp in the war. Anyways, you gotta really look into his story, very cool. Um, man of faith, but he lived by his conviction. Now for me, if I was in that situation, I don't know what I would have done. Would I have raced the race on Sunday? Maybe, maybe not. I think I need to make an important statement here at, at at this juncture. Actually, I'm just gonna read verse one of chapter 14. This is what he says at the, at the beginning of chapter 14. Now accept the one who is weak in faith and do not have disputes over differing opinions. Some of your translations might say quarrels over disputable matters. These are the non-essentials of our faith. There's a difference between believing you can not eat meat or you can't eat meat versus believing if Jesus was the son of God or not. Believing if Jesus is the son of God or not, that's an essential of our faith. That is something that unites all of us, that we hold on tightly and we prize. Now Paul's talking about things that are disputable matters. They're not essentials. I think that's a clear distinction that we need to to make. Um, Because there are some areas in our world and in our society, the Bible doesn't give us explicit direction on what to do in that situation. And that's what Paul's talking about here is that you need to be convinced, convinced in your own mind, your convictions of what you do in that situation. He's not saying you can just, anybody can believe whatever they want. That, that's kind of a cultural thing that we have. You can believe and I can believe all over the place. This is about the things that are non-essentials of our faith, that's what he's talking about. Like, I cheer for the Leafs, my wife cheers for the Oilers. We're still married. And our kids, they cheer for? The coolest jersey. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's a cool red one or whatever. Uh, so don't make a mountain out of a molehill or french fries out of small potatoes. I don't think that's actually a same. <laughs> you don't want mini fries. Uh, But anyways, then Paul gets to this point here. So we're looking at Romans 15, verses five and six, the ones right before the verse that we're gonna get to next. He says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, have the same mindset toward each other that Jesus Christ has. And what's the mindset that Jesus Christ has? What is his attitude? In Philippians 2, it says, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, even though he was God, but he made himself nothing. Being found in human likeness, he humbled himself to be a servant, to look to the interests of others, not a self. That's the attitude that we are to have, is to look to the interests of others, put them first above ourselves. With all that in mind, now that we have that kind of understanding, we get to this verse, where he says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, bring praise to God. So we are to accept one another, in the same way that Jesus Christ has accepted us. That word accepted, in in your translations, it might say welcome or receive. So in what way has Jesus welcomed you and received you and accepted you? When I start to ask that question, I mean, this, this gets a little more real. In what way has Jesus accepted me and welcomed me and received me? In Luke 15, 2, you know, this, it shows us. The Pharisees and the scribes began to mumble and grumble and say that this man, Jesus, he receives, he welcomes, he accepts sinners, and he eats with them. In Luke nine eleven, the crowds were aware of Jesus and they followed him and he welcomed them, he accepted them, he received them, he began speaking to them about the kingdom of God, and he cured those who were in need of healing. And what is to come? It says this, Jesus said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive, welcome, accept you to where I am, that you may be with me also. This acceptance is not passive. This is active. There's an intensity to it. And I was trying to figure out the best way to describe passive versus active, and the best I could come up with was passive and active guitar pickups. And so, (laughs) I'm gonna geek out on you a little bit here. I'm gonna like super, super simplify this so that I can understand it. Passive pickup takes the guitar sound and just lets it go through. Oh, yes, it just goes through. Now an active pickup, has the guitar sound coming along, and he grabs it and he throws it along. Just punches it out there. This is what we're talking about. This is an active acceptance. There's something involved, we just can't stand there and be like, oh yeah, I accept you. <laughs> no, there's more to it than that. One, one time, one of the times that Paul was shipwrecked, crazy, um, the whole crew is shipwrecked and they wash up onto this island And it uses this word, accept, welcome, you know, receive, whatever word translation you have. It says, we got there and it said the natives on the island, they accepted us, they welcomed us, they received us in. And what did they do? They built them a fire, they gave them clean, dry clothes, and they gave them food. They took care of them. They accepted them in. They received them in. I mean, when we think about that, when we think about the way that God has done that for us, for us, We see, we have been received, accepted, and welcomed into a close relationship with the Father, with the Creator. We've been received, welcomed, and accepted into His favor and blessing and grace. We've been received, welcomed, and accepted into His community, the church, the body of Christ. And we've been received, accepted, and welcomed into His family as sons and daughters. So it says in Romans 8:15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves, so you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sons and daughters. And by him, we can cry out to him, daddy, Abba, father, that close. He's accepted, received, and welcomed us that close that we can call him daddy. And I mean, we've been received, welcomed, and accepted just as we are sinful, broken, hurting people. That's how God has received us because of Jesus. That's why He can do it. It's because Jesus, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, while we were fighting against God, it says, Christ died for us. Before the foundations of the world were laid, he called your name. Because if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Paul hints at another of the issues that was going on in the early church. Between Jews and Gentiles, the Jews and the Greeks. So much so that the scripture tells us that Peter, at one point, started withdrawing from the Gentile believers, being like, I'm not gonna eat with them anymore because like the Jews, we are the chosen people. No, look down on on them. So Paul comes to him and like Peter, like right to his face, he says, Peter, what's up, man? Like, that's not how it goes. There's no distinction. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Romans 14, 4, this is what Paul says. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants will stand or fall. And they will stand because the Lord is able to make them stand. The Lord is able to make you stand. We don't judge one another, it is the Lord who determines if we stand or fall. And for those who trust in Him, He will make sure we stand because of Christ. Because it is only through the power of Christ and His grace that we can ever stand before God, see God accepts us as we are right now and we are to accept others in the same way. Accept one another just as Christ also accepts you in the same way. because nobody has it figured out perfectly. Not one of us, okay? Like, there is no one who has perfect theology. If you think you have perfect theology, you're just lying to yourself. God is the one who continues to grow us and continues to reveal himself to us. So if he accepts us with less than perfect thinking and understanding, we are also to accept others in the same way. Because it's not about us, guys. (sighs) Christ came to put others first. He put himself last. He says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's why God exalted him to the highest place because he put himself last. And in heaven, God's exalted him to the highest place. So, are you perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Does God accept us? Yes. (laughs) With open arms and love and more grace than we understand. But I love how this verse ends. I think it's beautiful. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Who is honored when we do this is God. When we copy how God does things, he is honored. They say imitation is the the greatest, or how does that saying go? Imitation grace for our flattery, something like that. Um, When you seriously try to imitate someone or copy them because it's like, oh yeah, I want to try to be like that person, that's honoring to them. And that's what we're doing when we're being like Christ. We're honoring him. And he is glorified. He is glorified. Because he welcomes us just as we are, as sinners. So we are to welcome and accept others just as they are, just like us sinners. With less than perfect understanding of how things work. You might think, oh, I know how things work, but they don't. We had set free this last weekend, um, and praise the Lord, Jesus brought freedom to people. Um, If you haven't taken set free, we'll offer it again in the spring, I think, or no, fall, well, somewhere, sometime. Keep your eyes open for it. Um, but it is, it is awesome because one of the things that happens, and it's it's kind of like this: have you ever been driving down the road and you see two logging trucks full of logs and they're going the opposite directions of each other, and you're kind of like, "You guys had logs already," kind of thing. And it's the same thing that happens at Set Free. Is like you get together in these groups of people. And you're like, "You have issues." you have issues, it's like, we often realize, we're like, you know what, we're all in the same boat together. We're all broken, sinful people, and often it's like, that's the same issue. You know, like, we're still dealing with the same things that each other are. Because that's how we are. We're broken and we need Jesus. So can we accept broken people who need Jesus? Because he does. And when we do that, God is glorified. God is honored and that's what you were made for. The reason that we exist on this earth is to glorify and honor God, to bring him glory and praise. So when we accept others as Christ accepts us, God is glorified and we fulfill the purpose we were made for. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, thank you for your acceptance of me, broken. Thank you for your grace and kindness, God. I pray that your spirit would empower us to show that to others in overwhelming measure. We love you, Jesus. Amen.